and welcome to the Monkey Nut Podcast, where I'm joined by Fat Man in Thailand. Wrong way. Hello. Are we doing oh. the hello there? Oh, hello, um, casters. Hello. 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 <laughs> For the entire episode, we're going to do these funny sort of um, 1950s posh Etonian English voices. Um, Chucks away, lads. Chucks away. Anyway, welcome to the Monkey Nut Punch Podcast, where we'll be talking about... Some news bits. Um, talk about Marvels. <sighs> and we'll be talking about something nice. We shall be Star Trek The Wrath of Khan towards the end. So please stay for the nice part because uh, the other stuff's going to sound bloody miserable in comparison. Well, hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I can I can start by saying that uh, Strange New Worlds finished this week. Um, and it finished Yay! on a cliffhanger. Hang on. Yeah, that's no. what I thought. Hold on. Uh, uh, let, me, let me do it again. Yay! <laughs> um, and it finished on a cliffhanger. But I, I just I can't get over how many people like this show. Uh, and I made quite a controversial comment. I said, I it's don't understand how you can call yourself Star Trek fans if you like this show. I don't understand, you know, I, I would go as far as to say is I don't think anybody who likes this show is a Star Trek fan because it's nothing like Star Trek. But it's interesting that it chose to finish on a cliffhanger and a pretty fucking big one. Um, and I'm not I'm not convinced it's going to get a season three because it hasn't been in the Nielsen ratings. I don't care how many fucking people are going, I love it, on, on, on Facebook. When you see where they all come from, they're all from California. Um they if they love it, why aren't they watching it? Exactly. I don't I don't think it is being watched. Um it's not it's not like Picard season three that 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 got you know into the Nielsen ratings repeatedly and is on Amazon. It it's you know it has a it has Picard season three has a worldwide audience, whereas Strange New Worlds doesn't. And Strange New Worlds budget is way way, way bigger. Than than, um, Picard was. So I I still think, you know, should 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 they resolve the, all the strikes that are going on, and apparently the next lot of people going on strike are the special effects lot. Um, so you know oh, that's going to be. I would love to see what they're going to be like on the picket line. That's going to be so mm. entertaining. <laughs> the pyrotechnic guys too. Well, so apparently I I I am. We'll be surprised if we see a season three. A lot of people say, oh, well, then we won't get a res resolve to this. It's a, it's a little known fact, right, that when they used to do these two-part season finals, they actually filmed the next episode before they went away on a break. Mm. So I would suspect that the other episode is in the can or at least the, 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 you know, the shooting part is done. Whether they've done all the special effects and everything, probably not. But I suspect the shooting has been done because you know if somebody goes away and gets like a you know a skin tattoo or you know gets in an accident or anything you know insurance doesn't cover that you can't just explain that midway through so usually they tend to do the shooting of these two things so i suspect that the other episode is in the can so even if we don't get a third season we might get a, a resolution to this episode not it's not saying much that it was probably one of the best episodes of the season but it's not um saying uh, that much, and uh, I just want to say, Biffa, 
I'm the only one that hasn't seen it. Um, sorry, I will watch yeah, it. Yeah, we'll we'll I was expecting to talk about it. I watched it Friday, enjoyed it. I feel that it may not be for regular people. If you're a B5 fan, you're going to love it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it because I am a B5 fan. But um, I mean, it, uh, going back to Strange You Were, I mean, it's not saying much that it was the best episode. The one thing I will give it, the first minute, right, the first sort of minute, the opening music and, and and the way it opens felt like a star trek episode of old they used like that kind of star trek music that they had in voyager when they think and they zoomed out of the sun and you saw another constitution class vessel um so it it was it wasn't it was you know okay but it wasn't great pike was good in it but guess what guess who they introduced this time and this is where this is where I'm I'm afraid they lost me. We were brought in Scotty. Now I will say this: the actor playing Scotty is much better than the actor playing Kirk. I can buy that this chap is a young Scotty. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of, I mean, he's channeling more Simon Pegg's kind of version of Scotty, but he looks more like a very young version of James du- du- Doonan. So he's slightly mm-hmm. more chubby in the face. He's slightly mm-hmm. more. Thing. But of course, you know, as is everything in, the, in these days, Scotty learned everything he knows. Scotty is brilliant because guess what, guys? You know what I'm going to say? Surprise! Surprise! Woman. What woman? <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, the new chief engineer, Carol Kane, who has apparently changed every single Starfleet engineer, right? Um, is why Scotty is so good, and they got that line in there. You know, they asked her, and it was she was. He's one of my best students, and he's like me. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake! The reason I thought you... Scotty was good because Scotty was a bullshitter. Yeah, Scotty would bullshit, and he's like kind of camps. Have you not figured out that I bullshit all the time? What was uh, that episode in? Is that in Spurs in Wrath of Khan? Is that in Wrath of Khan? No, I think I wasn't that in the next gen episode when he where where he told he 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 talks to the forge, the and, forge tells, and he tells him always overestimate yeah, your completion yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Um No, I'm sure but, he said it I'm sure he said it to Kirk. And Kirk's response was keep doing that. It might have been in, in one of the f- films, but I remember it I remember it in in, in the next gen episode, but it, you know, it was it was just uh, for fuck's sake, really, really. I mean, are you just going to do this to every male character? You know, Picard is only as good because of his mum, and all, all of this stuff. His mum was a like, psychopath. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, I get it that you know, our, you know, we you know we all love our mums and our mums. You know, we relied on our mums, and I've heard the same behind every great man is a great woman, and to a certain extent, that might be partially true. But not every single character you have in every beloved sci-fi has to have their fucking genesis because of a woman. It you know it, you know we are allowed to go out and become great people by going to university and learning. You know, I know that. This is what men used to do to women 50 years ago. And, and I, I realize that, but it doesn't make it right doing it the 70, other way around, which is exactly 70, yeah, 70 well, years yeah. ago. Um, 70 it years ago, mate. That's how well, you, back in time. You say that, but my sister's point, my sister, my, my, sorry, my wife's sister's boyfriend believes that a woman's place is in his kitchen. He actually said that the other day. I was like, really? In his kitchen? Uh, well, you know, um, 
I prefer the Jerry Hall <laughs> comment. What's the Jerry Hall? <laughs> but Mr. Keefe was ecstatic that Nurse Chapel survived. Uh, I thought that was a bit contrived, and it, you know, it was just. It shows how lazy the writers were to have her wake up on the ship. It was kind of obvious that that was going to happen. And, of course, for her to save Spock, again, kind of obvious. Um, I will say that if if Strange New Worlds was good, right, if Strange New Worlds was consistently good, I kind of think that the Gorn being more like the Exomorphs from Alien is kind of cool, right? But they've blatantly stolen it. And they're not doing anything new with it. And while seeing that Gorn in his, you know, space suit and everything was slightly cool, it, it was a cool moment in a really bad season of television. Um, and yeah, but girl boss fatigue. Yeah, exactly that. It, it, I kind of like Carol Kane. I think she's miscast in this. What's she there for other than to be... The the whammon behind all the great men, you know, all the great engineers and everything, and it, it, it's just it's it is. I'm I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the same storyline. You know, I keep hearing all these things about these writers being on strike. The poor writers, I fuck them. I'm sorry, writing in Hollywood for the last god, you know, since 2016 has been bad, and it was going wrong before that. It was going bad before that. And it's it's just got ridiculous now. And it's the same shit. It's the same contrived bullshit. Um, was I ecstatic that Nurse Chapel survived? I didn't really give a shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, Strange New Worlds, done with. I'll be surprised if we see a season three. If this strike carries on much longer, I don't think we are. Paramount lost 460 million or something, or billion or something ridiculous like that in their last quarter so they've got no bloody money um at some point the business people are going to turn around and go what makes you money well podcast season three made money make more of that make more of that <laughs> what's yeah. losing you money at the moment strange new worlds can we see the ratings of that well people in california loved it especially the musical episode don't make that it costs too much money we don't get a return on it Bring back Star Trek Legacy, guarantee that your subscribership is going to go up. Um, word of mouth will say it's great. Get what Terry Metallis to write it, bomb. Instant fucking, you know, gazillion more subscribers come to your um, come to your series. Stick it on Amazon. Um, you know, you can get Amazon to pay half of it. It just makes business and commercial sense to make Star Trek Legacy. There is a demand for it. It will go into the Neil Nielsen Racings. Why don't they do it? Just get on with it. Um, anyway, so there's that. Um, and you mentioned uh, that we've got to talk about the Mar the Marvels because <laughs> you're going to like this, Gary. You're going to like this. No, oh, uh, fuck no! <laughs> hang on a second. Hold on. What will calm me? What have I got? Will calm me down? Oh, hang on. Um... <laughs> I'll take. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> it was after that. <laughs> so. The director of Marvels, Nia DeCostas, I don't know if it's a girl or man, um, uh, say, says, superhero fatigue absolutely exists, but don't worry. Her new or his new MCU film is really wacky and silly, I quote, compared to the others. Now, I mean, one of our biggest complaints of Thor, Love and Thunder is it was too stupid and silly, right? And, you know... Um, what was its face? Um, Doctor Strange um, across the multiverse didn't really feature Doctor Strange. 
it wasn't focused on Doctor Strange being a hero. It was more focused on, you know, surprise whammon. Um, but that was a little bit silly and wacky. So if she, she, he, find out of near, DeCosta is a man or a girl, um, <laughs> it, you know, thinks her, their film is more wacky and silly than those pieces of tripe, I don't think it's going to be a good film. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be a fucking horrible mess. Um, I really do. I so, think it's going to be an absolute horrible mess. I still can't get over the, the, the picture. You've seen the picture, haven't you? It's a, it's a girl, I think, near DaCosta, no. so there you go. Um, right. have you, have you, go right, so hang on, hang on a second. You've seen the poster where the where it's literally it's 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 a vagina and asshole and a turd. Because whoever oh. designed that... You've seen that, haven't yes. you? Yeah, yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just... I mean, I haven't got excited by a Marvel movie with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, really. Um, it's not superhero fatigue. It's Marvel fatigue. It's It's the, you know... Marvel sheet, what are they calling it? No, but... I, no, 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 no. It's not superhero fatigue. It's shit film fatigue. This happened yeah. with Westerns, yeah? They started just producing really shit Westerns, and everyone was like kind of, mm, not really feeling Westerns anymore, if you know what I mean. I just... The, the MCU has got so boring, so predictable, and so dull... They haven't had any kind of direction, you know. I, I, you know, I don't understand how Kevin Feige is still in a job after four years of this shit, five years of this shit. I'm done with it. I, I'm, I, I can't get excited by it anymore. Um, and, and I'm not. And maybe it is superhero fatigue, but it's superhero fatigue because you stop making good superhero movies. So no, it is shit film fatigue. It is shit film fatigue. Um, and I'm just. Yeah, okay. Look, look. Now I see what... Vagina. Yeah, I... Arsehole. Look, you can draw... I can draw... Look, I can draw... Look, the blue. Look at that. Mm. And Miss Marvel's the poop at the bottom. Mm. It's like Brie Larson's an arsehole. Whatever mush... I can't remember her name. She was all right in thingy. She wasn't a horrible person, but she's a... C-word. <laughs> um, I, I don't understand how anybody thought that Secret Invasion was watchable TV and it, you know, it's been trashed even by critics. Um, how did that ever get made? I mean, who, who, who signed off on that? And you want to tell me that these writers deserve more money? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that, bro. I'll give you that. I, do you know what? I'd actually like to, I reckon if I had a conversation with her, she'd be okay. She'd be awkward, but she'd be okay. I think she's just she's just in that fucking Hollywood bubble, and she doesn't really know how the rest of the world how the world works. Oh, they're de they're, they're definitely in a bubble, and and I, and I think it's expanding in America as well. I think that Californian bubble is expanding, and well, it, and, and it, you it, know that it's because there are other people putting their thumbs on the scale, namely banks, it's... because of I, I... loans that were given to them. I mean, I keep getting like the official Paramount feel, feel in my Facebook, and I'm really, I don't, I can't. I, the people I stay in contact with via Facebook, I really want to delete my Facebook account. Um, but I keep like the official Paramount thing, like this Trek Central and a few other people, and all these people just go, I love it, I love it, I love it. It's like, are you bots? Are you re real people? 
how do you love this stuff? And all I can put it down to is people just watching YouTube shorts and just not paying attention anymore. They don't see it. They don't pay attention anymore. They don't have... Everyone's ADHD. Or at least most of America seems to be, because it's always the Americans that love this show. Very, it, it, I, I just don't... I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I can't fathom it. It's like I, I watch it and go, this is shit. Because season one and two, that was shit. Because season three was good because it felt like fucking Star Trek. I, I, I know each show is different. I know every show was different. DS9 was very different to Voyager. Yet it shared something in common. It shared... It, it just shared those basic things that made Star Trek Star Trek. And none of that is on show in Strange New Worlds. It just... It's dressed to Star. It shits dressed to Star Trek, and and this Marvel and Marvel for full five years. You know, Marvel had a direction when Marvel first started. They had a direction. They knew where they were going. Infinity Saga, and they did it, and they built to it slowly. It was great. Why didn't anyone think? Okay, when the Infinity Saga over, what are we going to do next? You know, that's kind of Kevin Feige's job, and he's See, failed. Do you, know, do you know what I would have done? I would have one had a proper break. And then gone, right, we have a proper break so everyone can recover. Let DC do whatever the fuck they do. And then go, right, here are the X-Men. Here's the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, here's Blade. And then introduce a whole raft of new characters. Yeah. Mm. Let them just literally go back to, to, to a phase one approach. Yeah. Throw in a few cameos, especially towards the end of the film. And you could have done it like that. But I don't know. So have you been hanging around with bloody... Stupid gamer. <laughs> um, they do look I, like Megan Rap, and I will agree. And she missed that penalty. <laughs> Pay me more to miss penalties. Let's go speak to Stuart Pierce, Gareth Southgate. Uh, I don't go. I mean, interestingly, Bob Iger has finally admitted that the movies were all. Uh, what was his words? Um, uh, uh, disappointed at, at the, the the Disney's summer blockbusters. Every one of Disney's movie, summer blockbuster movies have been uh, failures. All of them. How is Bob Iger still in a job, right? How are the shareholders, not a shareholder fucking meeting, going, we need to fire this dickhead, right? Because it ain't working, right? I, 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 I can see it next year. If, it, if Disney carry on down this thing, Bob Iger will go. Because no, no shareholder can stand there and say, oh, he's great. He's doing well for the company. When every one of your blockbuster movies... So underperforms, that's got to be fireable. But of course, Disney won't have any blockbuster movies next year because they're all going to be on the picket line. Um, so he might survive a bit longer. But Disney are right, fucked. So, so just a just a quick one. All right. So the person who is is directing or writing the Marvels. It's yeah. a lady. It's a lady. Yep. Yeah. And uh have you seen? You want to see what a writing credits? What a credits look like? She's only got writing credits. Go on. She has a writing credit for Candyman, the screenplay that was run, redone in twenty twenty one. She co-created uh, a podcast called Ghost Tape that doesn't count, and she did one called Crossing the Line, which she wrote. How do these everything get else is student? How, how, the, how the fuck was she hired? Was the first question. Yeah. Look at a picture you of had, your name. Look at the picture. I, you know, I, how I know, she but you can, uh, no. Hang on a second. There are there are other black directors out there that could have more qualified. Yeah, only ones that want to work for Disney. 
I, 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 I really don't get it. It doesn't make any sense because it's like you can pick someone who's who's, who's got some kind of qualifications. Because at the moment, this looks like a, a rerun of the Eternals. You have Chloe Zhao. She did one film that everyone liked, and then she's come with the Eternals. It was shit. They go career over. Bye bye. Ended your career. Career graveyard. I, I, yeah, I don't think people are going to go and see it. I think it's going to flop. And yet somehow Disney, uh, everybody at Disney who is actually responsible for these movies is still with a job. You know, you can argue what you like about the the special effects woman over at Marvel. And sure, she did a very shit job, right? But she wasn't responsible for the MCU. She wasn't Ooh, responsible no, for the... No, she, she, she had hands. You should have just heard her fucking spout off about it. She oh, yeah, but it wasn't... Influences. It, it wasn't her that, that made the decisions. No, it wasn't no, no, her that she, signed off she, on it. But if she's the one who's influencing the people making the decisions, and she's got, still got all her fucking acolytes there, just like Kathleen bloody Kennedy. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, I'm saying that all these people that are responsible, the ones that actually sign... Look, at the end of the day, right, it's the manager that is responsible. It's the person at the top that's responsible. And when your company can put constantly underperforms, consistently so, it's the manager that goes. That's why they got rid of Bob Chapek, supposedly, right? Why have they not got rid of these two people that are literally responsible for their two biggest supposed money-making um, uh, franchises, and both of them have not made a good movie in a long time? In fact, the only good fucking Star Wars movie... I'm sorry, I'm going to mention Star Wars. You can't tell me. I haven't mentioned it for weeks, right? Well, what was arguably Rogue One, right? We haven't had anything good there. We have had nothing good in Marvel. How how are these people still earning money? Well, I'll tell you what, they're not going to get fired right now. Let me just throw another franchise and they haven't had a good Muppets movie in a fucking good long time. Oh, yeah, the Muppet, the last Muppets TV series. Or That that's very true. No good. That's the one. That's probably the most upsetting because Pixar was great. Pixar was more Disney than Disney. Yeah, and then they bought them, and now they're shit. Well, no, I mean, even under Disney stewardship for quite a long time. They make good movies. That wasn't that was John Lasseter who did that. True. The moment they got rid of him, that was it. All went downhill. True. Yeah, because because yeah. it's like kind of if you bought if 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 I was to buy, um, Star Wars. Sorry, George, I want you to stick around for a while. We'll we'll we will fucking treat you like a king. I will have a limo or a helicopter pick you up every day to take you there. We will have people on hand. We'll, we will have one of those things, you know, where you have the, the big wooden bars and they carry people, yeah? We'll have you do that. We will sit there and say, George, I, I don't think this will work in places and I don't think it, the, the audience responds well to it, yeah? But outside that, we will treat you like a bloody king because we need you to get us these three films, yeah? And then also we need you to oversee the other shoot, offshoot films. So the numbered ones are yours, yeah? The offshoot mm. ones are ours, but we need you to sit there and say, no, this isn't going to work. Same way we will tell you audiences aren't going to respond well to it. Yeah. Um, I just... The trailer to the Marvels just doesn't... Oh, that's, it looks like a TV episode. No, it does. But that's because they've diluted it. And they've admitted it. But, I mean, I think Iger's come out and said that there was too many Marvel TV series. And they have. But none of them have been any good. Now, ironically... Probably one of the better ones was Miss Marvel. Ironically, I know that's not saying a lot, but actually, Miss Marvel wasn't as bad as some of the others. I mean, Secret Invasion was terrible, terrible. 
I mean, the Loki season two trailer. The only thing that I liked about Loki, and seriously, I could watch that all the time, was was you know Loki and what's his face talking. And when, I, and those two, I, I just, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I just want to do a podcast together. I don't need to watch Loki. Just having two talking well, together. I nice. don't understand why they don't do a Loki buddy movie with Owen Wilson. That would that would that 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 would be amazing. But no, it's all going to be about surprise woman. Um, uh, look. I, I mean, you've said it, I, and I'm I'm there. I, well, I've been done with the. I I only have apathy now for Marvel, mm. um, and that's the same with the comics. Glad I don't collect the comics anymore. Um, I don't have. I have only apathy really for 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 Star Wars. I will watch the first two episodes of Ahsoka purely to see how bad it is, um, and I'm just hoping. You know, that there's some kind of miracle and it turns out to be Picard season three. It's not, but you know, it might. Um, I that's the only hope that I have, but I'm pretty much done with that. Um there are, you know. Ted Lasso season four, please. It's better than Star Trek Legacy. No, no, no. <laughs> I what I want is if you're gonna do Ted Lasso, you just need to do a Ted Lasso special of Richmond getting to the um uh Champions League final. That's what you yeah. need to do. You need to do a journey to the Champions League final because it's something new that won't won't have been covered before. Yeah, you've got the managers and stuff. You can just have Ted over there on like on thingy. He winds up staying there, try and help out a bit. This kid winds up going to an English school or something. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I don't think I've got any more major news well, other hang on, than hang that. On, really. Oh, right. Just, right. Just a quick one. Does Thought Ron in the Ahsoka trailer look like an evil Elon Musk? Yeah. Yeah. I heard someone say that the other day and I looked and ah, how did I miss that? Yeah. It's so fucking obvious. An evil Elon Musk. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be terrible. So um Babster sent me Babster sent me a story. So from my other podcast, which I didn't do Friday, which I need to figure out what to do because things cropped up. He sent me a story. Um it was in regards to Disney scrapping uh, a, a, a sequel scrapped after a $120 million flop at the box office. It's about Haunted Mansion's box office performance. Apparently, Disney described a plan, uh, scrapped a plan for the sequel to the Haunted Mansion after the horror comedy film underperformed at the box office, uh, which the movie, uh, which featured Jamie Lee Curtis, Danny DeVito, Owen Wilson, only made $20 million since its July 28 release. Twenty million for a hundred and twenty. Wow. Um, so the funny thing is, is that um, what do you call it? Uh, I heard someone complain that uh, it wasn't diverse enough, and it's like, did you see the first one with Eddie Murphy? I thought that would. I love that. It's anyway. Um, but yeah, it's man. Oh yeah, I did. I did see that. I did see that. You're right. I did see that. Um, I, I, as I said, there's been no, no. Did, did, everything's flopped from Disney. None of them have been commercial successes. None of them. Mm. None of them have been commercial successes. Pixar, not a commercial success. Their big one, the one that they thought was going to make billion, a billion dollars, Indiana Jones Five, massive flop. Massive flop. Mm. You know the, these keep... new Star Wars movies that they're working on. Apparently, production has been halted, and it's not just to do with the strike. Um, yeah, Disney are using that as an excuse. Yeah, so we saw what you were doing, and we decided uh, it was shit, and you needed to stop. 
I'd, I'd love to be working in the, the decision bits. Just turn around and say, right, everything is on stop. Okay. All right. Now, if I hear the terms diversity, yeah, or this, that, or, the, or any of the buzzwords that you've been using recently, I need you to pick it up and throw it in the thingy. I want the expression broad spectrum appeal. So it appeals to the most amount of people so we can make the most amount of money. Okay. Now you can dress that up as inclusion or whatever you want. But um, a story about a trans paraplegic lesbian is uh, not going to sell T-shirts or rides or movie tickets. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah. That would be my I mean, opening probably... speech, day one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, bring, just, oh, just look, Hollywood is, I have said this, is morally and creatively bankrupt. I'm sorry, I do not feel any kind of real sort of sorrow or, or empathy towards the writers because so many people are bad at writing. Yes, there are still good writers, don't get me wrong. But I recently, I mean, I watched, oh God, what was it? I watched Good Omens season two this week and it was terrible. But everything's gay. Everything is gay in that oh one. Fucking hell. Um, I mean, you know, anybody who ever said What's-His-Face was a great writer, I'm sorry. Everything he's done recently has been terrible. Look, what... Um, the Sandman on Netflix had some good episodes in it, um, but Neil Gaiman is massively overrated. He massively is the most um, pampered writer in all of existence. Mm. There has a good oh, over yeah. Hang on a second, right? So Hamilton. So we've got Ahsoka's going to. I'm with Biffer on this one. He's absolutely spot on. I think it will be Star Wars's Rings of Power. Um, mm. It'll be that much of a disaster because I'm not watching it. It looks. It looks shit. I think I'd be better off reading the book. And I've got about five books I need to actually read. And then Little Mermaid, Devote Disaster at the Box Office, because no one's interested. Snow no White is already a disaster. I'm sorry, right? This is not racist when I say this. Snow White was a, was a fairy tale written about a white girl, skin as fair as snow. And what do they fucking cast? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's, the character is called Snow White. It's not racist. So it just drives me mad. That's already a massive disaster. Disney have got nothing good, right? Their Peter Pan movie, massive Peter and Wendy, massive flop, banned by everyone because it was a bad movie. How oh, yeah, yeah, because, is green lighting? Oh, did you see the bit, the clip? I saw a clip where it's like oh. kind of. Uh, she's got the boy's power. This power, this power belongs to no boy. No boy. Like, oh, yes. Fuck off. Oh, God. I mean... Just right. Hollywood. Just because in Hollywood you treat women like shit doesn't mean the rest of the planet does. Okay? Just because your yeah. things are a thing. Yes, I'm alive. I need to contact you after this. Um, If you can do a Gordon's Alive. Um, Gareth Gordon's Gareth. Alive! Uh, that was good to Brian Blessed, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> Fuck, <I'm bastard. laughs> Oh, dude. Have you, you, uh, you have to listen yes. to his, his you have to listen to his, his autobiography. His, it's just so good. It feels like he's just telling you nice stories. I know. Um, I love it. So Anyway, I've lost all my fucking notes. I can't bring them up on the screen for fucking Wrath of Khan. I'm trying to bring them back. Oh, I can back. I can I can give you some stuff if you can't find it, but don't worry. We should talk about um, let's talk about something nice because 
there, there's no good TV this week, really. Um, maybe there'll be something. I am re-watching Lucifer and quite enjoying that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, I recently watched All of Suits, which apparently is now one of the most watched. Was, is, I, I didn't know this. It's become one of the most watched um, streaming shows like ever, Suits. Um, and now I'm watching Lucifer. Um, God knows what I'll watch next, but I'm re-watching old shows at the moment and enjoying them. Intermixed with anything new that I'm like, is this any good? No. Okay. Have you ever seen have you ever seen the Detectorists? Yes. I love the Detectorists. It's my one of my favourite British comedies. But I, I went through all of that over the course love of this that. week. It's I love such it. a nice <laughs> it's such brilliant. a nice comedy. <laughs> I love really the is. I love the opening. I love the music. I love I love I love I love the detectors. It's so English, and the two fucking like evil guys with the drone, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> fucking yeah. brilliant. Um, yeah, there's a really good. It's so English, right? It 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 is it, it, it's genius. But it's called the detectors. It's about two guys that live in the countryside and go metal detecting. And they're part of a metal detecting club of a bunch of really eccentric people, but it's just wonderfully done. It's wonderfully acted. It's very adult in places. It does have a, some swearing. It's just a wonderfully gentle comedy. I love it. Yeah. I love the Detectorist, and the, the recent special was very good as well. Um, and they're doing another one, apparently. So I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, Strike Back was great. The Right. Okay. So here, here's the thing, right? Strike Back started off as a British show with um, what's his face? Ken. Oh, the guy. No, it wasn't. It was um, it was the guy that was in in Spooks that then went on um, that played the um in the Hobbit, played the king uh, under the mountain in the Hobbit. That that. Oh, uh, Richard Armitage. Yeah, Richard Armitage start starting the first Armitage. season of Strike Back. And then it, it got kind of cancelled. Then and it had Andrew, um, what's his face from uh, Walking Dead, um, as Andrew like Lincoln. the yeah Andrew Lincoln was in the first series of of the Strike Back. Then sh- yep, Google it. I'm looking at the cast and crew. I can't see him. That's why. Go back. Go to Strike Back season one. Um, because from then, okay. from season two onwards, it was these other two guys. Then it got cancelled again. Then he got brought back with that hot bird from Hollyoaks. <laughs> and she was hot. And I mean, she was hot. Um, so they brought Strike back again. And it, 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 it's been good in every one of its sort of incarnations, but it's had three different incarnations, Strike Back. But I, I'm with you, Biffer. I, I always enjoyed it. But yeah, Richard Armitage was in Strike Back season one with Andrew Lincoln as, as his boss. This was the right, Sky yeah. TV show at the time, wasn't it? Yes, it started off as, as a Sky Sky TV show. I might have to watch that. I might ah, have to watch there is that. Another, I did, have you watched Sky's um, The Lazarus Project? That was quite good. And I'm looking no. forward to season two of that. Oh, God, where is it? It's Is it on HBO? It's somewhere. Have a look and see if you can watch Sky's The Lazarus Project. That was That was okay. That was okay. That was actually that sounds all right. like a ringing endorsement, Keith. It was okay. That's the kind no. of review that Kit Knight would give. What do you think about it? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. It was watchable, Gareth. Put it this way. At the moment, right, watchable TV is okay because <laughs> we don't have a lot of it. I'm not going to say it was like the most amazing thing on TV because it wasn't, but it was watchable. 
Um, and, and, you know, season two could be interesting. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, but anyway, we should talk about Star Trek 2. Star Trek okay, 2. The Wrath, Wrath of, of Khan. I had a opening the greatest statement. Star Trek. I had a fucking opening statement, and the pro- I'm never doing anything cloud fucking based again. Yeah. Have, so have I'm not because I had a look. Pardon? They're gone, gone. They just disappeared. I open it up, it's fucking blank, and I'll probably get it back by restarting the computer, which means I have to drop a bloody thing. Fuck you. I um, what about your phone? What about your phone? Can, does, can your phone not, not call? Got it? iCloud on it, and my iPad's in the oh, drawer downstairs. It, is it an iCloudy iCloudy thing? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Anyway, I asked ChatGPT to write me some notes. They're not as good. My ones were better. So, all right. So, uh, I had an opening statement. It went along the, the lines of, "You like Star Trek, huh? Well, Star Trek's back for a sequel, and this time they did a sensible thing. Paid attention to what was uh, done, what went before, on a cheap budget." And a uh, cheaper budget with a smaller scale, they managed to achieve far, far more and please far more Star Trek fans. Something along those lines. Um, Nicholas Meyer, who knew fuck all about Star Trek, did the sensible thing, went off and watched a load of Star Trek stuff and went, that's what we're doing. And pretty much based the Rafikan on somewhere between the Balance of Terror and Space Seed. It, it's, it's an interesting tale, the, the, the road to the Rafikan. Um, and I know this, and, and I'm afraid I'm going to admit this. I didn't prepare for this. I'm very sorry. I flew to Singapore this weekend. I came back, and my house was flooded, so I had to do some emergency plumbing. I pretty much twisted my ankle while I was there, so I can hardly walk. And my fucking aeroplane came in at the, the furthest away gate. Anyway, so I got back. Bad... Your 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 ankle was a wanking accident. I wish it was. And uh, um, how uh, big is it if you use your feet? And uh, 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 no, it was definitely not a wanking accident. I took my wife to Singapore. There was none of that this time. Singapore is the most expensive fucking city on the planet. Um, but anyway, um, yes. So Star Trek to Wrath of the Calm. Nicholas Meyer wrote it because Gene Roddenberry was kind of fired. Oh, no, so... no he wasn't fired. He was he was politely sidelined into consulted executive producer. It, yeah, was he notes. was kind of yeah he was kind of fired um, because he wrote a really. He wrote a story that roughly basically had the the Star Trek crew or the Enterprise crew going back and preventing the the assassination of John assassination F. Kennedy. Assassination of John F. Kennedy. Uh, that's not what yeah. it was, but I remember coming across yeah. it. Yes. So, um, and that didn't happen. And the, th- the thing was that a lot of people said, like, the motion picture was was too expensive. I mean, it was 45 million back then, and that was a hell of a lot for a movie. Um, and... Uh, it was, you know, really boring. A lot of people said, and the cinematic, the cinematic version of the film is a lot duller than the the director's cut, which is actually shorter than the original one because they actually cut down scenes and made it slightly more interesting. But anyway, so Rafa Khan opened up. Its budget was eleven million dollars. They made Rafa Khan for eleven million dollars. They got away with this partly because they reused a shitload of effect shots. Right. If uh, you watch motion pictures, hang on a second. The bridge sets are all the same bridge. Yes, and the bridge They're set the was from bridge. the motion picture. It, it, yep. it was from the motion picture. It. They redressed it yep. three times over. They redid uh, it for Grissom. And... They redid it for thingy. They, I think, um, 
No, 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 they just redid it for the Christian. And the funny thing is they then get the same set and then they redressed it for the um the Klingon Bird of Prey in um yes. Uh, yes. Search for Spock. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? Um if you watch motion picture when the Enterprise leaves Doc and then you watch Star Trek Two straight away, it's exactly the same scene. Down to the point of the waving fucking spaceman guy. Right? And uh, it was only in Star Trek Three when they realized that Star Trek Two made a shitload of money and became popular and gained lots of new fans to the franchise. That Star Trek Three got a budget, and we got a proper fucking space dot. Um, right, but we'll so talk about that next point, week. Uh, just, just talk about the fact that it was done on a. It was it was really cheap. Yeah, yeah? eleven billion dollars. And it was it was cheap. It didn't make as much money as the motion picture, but it, it did make more margin than the motion picture. Yeah. It didn't initially make any more money, but it was a kind of Picard season three thing, word of mouth. On home video, it became popular and it became more and more popular. As more fans saw it, more people loved it. And and then it became had this cult following. And it, it, it largely is responsible for like a lot of Star Trek fans today. You know, people then went back and watched the original series and the animated show and all of that that stuff. And and again it led five years later to the launch of the next gen. Um, and again, yeah. and you know, I mean, we got Star Trek three quite quickly on and it was halfway through. And this is another thing. Nicholas Meyer kind of fell out with Par Paramount at the end of the movie. Cause there's two key scenes that were added that he had nothing to do. Oh with. yes. There was the, 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 the torpedo on the Genesis planet was one of them. And was the yeah. other one? Uh, uh, the Catra scene where where Spock oh yeah um, mind melds with um, with thing those were added McCoy. and that pissed him off and that's why he didn't come back for Star Trek three and it was Leonard Nimoy that that did that but it 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 is still an example it's just a fucking fantastic movie they nailed it in that in this movie I mean you know okay the movie's about getting old and there, there's themes in there that are. So hang on a second, because I, I do remember some of my notes, and the one is it's um, it's supposed to be um, Kirk's fiftieth birthday, yeah. Yes. So it's supposed to be his fiftieth birthday. So McCoy goes, "Here you are, old folk. You can't see anything. Have a pair of glasses." Ah, they, there was a mention of that he because because he goes, "What are these?" Oh, and we, then, no, no, uh, because yeah. I know, but hang on, because it's because he can't do Retinon yes. Five or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he, he says, you're, it's pretty much, you're old. Here, Foggy, have a pair of fucking reading glasses. <laughs> That's just like, your mate's like, here you go. Okay, they're apparently they're antiques. So, but it's still, I, th I, find, that, I find that hilarious. Um, and then there was another one that was, to, it was happening too. They also cut out the subplot with Scotty's nephew. Yes, they did, yeah. Yeah, so the lad was Scotty's nephew. Spotty, Scotty's nephew. Um, this is the best performance day James Doohan's done in any of the Star Trek films. Yeah, except I never understood why he bought, because the guy he's holding is the nephew. Why did he... Because, right, this is always something that's bothered me. And and I'll talk about Biffa's latest comment in a second, because I want to talk about that. Um, the thing that's always bothered me is when the Reliance so first attacks... Him to the... Yeah. Why yeah, does he what? fucking bring him to the bridge first? And then it cuts to him in... In, in in sick bay dying on the table what, what was the fucking point of that and the point was was he was meant to be dead and it was his nephew and then they kind of fucked around with it and that never that that cutting never worked it made james Doonan's, and he apparently had a problem with that 
Um, because it was like, why the fuck would you take him to the bridge if the guy's still alive? Why don't you rush him to sickbay? Because he was already think, meant to be dead at that point. I think the thing was, if if you really wanted to do it right, yeah, he should have just turned around and meant to say sickbay. Yeah. Thinking. I meant to say but sickbay. But it was, it was the way, because again, that scene where he's lying on the the bed and you know what's the word admiral and 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 kirk says what he does that was again filmed after the fact um yeah uh, and this comment here from uh biffa the rafakar wormier scene haunts me to this day oh, yeah no, no, i've never been no, able that's, to no, I, that's, yeah. that's, let's get these bits piece by piece get them piece by piece let's do it piece by piece come on so um so you've got they've got the regular regular station whatever it is upside down from the first season because they reused so many, you're right, they reused so many shots. And they developed the Genesis probe, um, which can rewrite a planet in like six hours or whatever it is. Um, and they have the CGI sequence, which they love so much, it appears in like three other Star Trek films. <laughs> it appears in Star Trek three and four yeah. at the end. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is Star Trek two is one of the first movies to extensively use computer-generated graphics. Now, we're not talking, like, CGI like Jurassic Park, but it was one of the first movies to use... In fact, I think it is the first movie to use as much computer-generated stuff as it did, because a lot of the effect shots that you see in the film, as I, as we've already talked about, are reused from the motion picture. So, you know, the, the effects budget was spent on that computer-generated stuff. Um, that was done by, so, it was all done by ILM, wasn't it, for that? Yeah. And like when you see the Genesis cave, that is a, that is a there's a special word for it, but that was a computer image that that was like a digital map painting, effectively. Mm -hmm. That they used computer generated uh, graphics to make the waterfall move, and and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Again, that was a digital uh, image that they did. It wasn't. Um, yeah. It was a digital painting. Really so, cool. So, um, so we we we've got the we've got the the Genesis people. You've got the Reliant. It's out doing its thing, and you've got uh, Chekhov and oh, Matey Bob. How oh, is his name? Black fella. Winds up vaporizing himself like he's hit himself with with a disruptor yeah. T. I'm gonna bring the thing up now. I'm so annoyed that I lost my notes. I'll find them next week. I'll be gutted. I'm gonna write them. I, I, I should have just written them down on bloody uh, paper like I did last week. The problem was it wasn't very clear. Um, what was the name of the captain? Captain Boldface. I've actually got him right on screen right now. Um, because I got to the, I did start watching it. I got to the point where, uh, where, where they, they're on, um, they've just found Paul them on Winfield. the station. Yeah. That was Paul, the actor. Paul, that was the actor who played him, Paul Wenfield. Now he's he's great because he always, always usually plays like military captains and colonels and stuff mm. like that. Did you know it was also in another episode of Star Trek? My least favorite episode of Star Trek. What what was it? Next Generation. Which one? Would you like a clue? Go on. Darmark Enchilar. Oh God! What was that? Remind remind me. It's the so one where they've got to, they're trying to have a conversation with these aliens, but the universal translator doesn't work. So they decide to get both captains, put them on a planet where they fight. Some oh, he was, the he, was like the gorn. Gorn he was like the Gorn esque. He was like a Gorn style cousin. No, he wasn't no, was a Gorn that not... Wasn't no. that the one where Picard's with an alien that, that, that they can't talk? Yes, yeah, and no. they're like an invisible predator like creature. Yes, yes, yes. 
That was and, that and was keeps because Darmark Enchilar. I hate that episode. That's yes. my least favorite. Fucking but that episode. was Picard's Gorn episode because it was shot in the exact same place as Kirk and the Gorn from the original series. I say the Gorn episode. It's Picard's Gorn episode because it was shot on the same fucking mountain, just outside Hollywood. You know the bit where 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 I mean, it's in the Big Bang Theory when they go to the next gen characters, right? And they and they film that 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 scene, and it's from that episode. And then, like, I think it's Sheldon that points out that goes, actually, Kirk Gorsing was filmed here as well. No, it's a different planet. They're all arguing. It's like exactly the same fucking rock. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, Picard's... Yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Um, but anyway, yeah, so they... they, they So Reliant sort of goes to City Alpha... City uh, Alpha thinks five. it's going to... Thinks it's going to City Alpha 5, but because of some kind of natural disaster and because the Federation don't do a lot of checking... Um, it's not. It's it's City Alpha Four, and unfortunately, they marooned some bastards on City Alpha Four, and they is pissed. Um, so we have Khan, and we get Chekhov. Khan. No. <laughs> no, 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 not that episode. Mm, we don't quote. We don't quote that episode. Not here. We're civilized <laughs> people. Um. um. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes so anyway you know Khan quickly manages to cap- capture the, 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 the Reliant and uh, then uh, they call ahead and uh, go right we're, we're basically stealing this amazing um, uh, scientific project just so happens to be the weapon of mass destruction <laughs> um, <laughs> the worst weapon of mass destruction ever um <laughs> A week probably. No, uh, <laughs> it'll be nine, eleven times a million. I, um, I can't even calculate that exactly. No, I mean, one can. There's even a spit. I say, who ever thought, right? It's like, yeah, he, I mean, every time, right? David has that, like, David Kirk's son has that conversation when you're first introduced to him, right? And he talks about, like, you know, Kirk being an, uh, an overgrown Boy Scout, right? That was his first line. Then he goes to, you know, he goes, you know, we're working on something that in the wrong hands could be used as a weapon of mass destruction. You're like, duh, you think? <laughs> like, you know, really? Right? I mean, that's worse than any nuclear weapon. You fire it at a planet and it redoes all the molecules on the planet and effectively resets it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think. Um, and of course, it just so happens to be put into the, you know, a genetically um, enhanced megalomaniac named Kurt. In the hands of, not into. He sounds like he's who, who, into his who, You know, that's why he's so be angry. A, <laughs> he, he used to be a mild mannered captain on, on a boat called the Love Boat before that. But uh, <laughs> No, he wasn't. It was. He was it on was the Love Boat. Island. He, he was oh, Fantasy Island. Island. Was it, oh, was it Fantasy Island? I don't know. I'll get Fantasy Island. Up, the anyway. plane, the plane. I never watched it, but I know that quote. Um, but, but um, yeah. So, so let's let's get let's get to to the the things where they come across the augments or the uh, the the crew of the former Botany Bay. Well, Khan yeah, they find them because because Chekhov thinks he's on City Alpha Four and he's not. And and when Khan turns up, he goes, "We left you." He goes, "This isn't City Alpha Five. There was like some." fucking accident and you marooned us here and now it's a desert planet and we've been waiting here and we're gonna have our revenge um and yeah so they overtake the reliant and then go and steal genesis or try 
try well, that, to that, go and you steal kind of skip out quite a bit. Well, there's not a lot that happens. No, uh, not the ear slug scene. I said, wait. No, wait the ear slug scene is not until after because the, the ear slug scene. Oh, you see, you see them hold them up. But you don't see them, you know, the yes, whole you ear do. slug. Do you? Is that on City you Alpha? Do. It's that's, the bit when they come the, out of the ear that how holds they take, oh. That's how they. That's how they take control of the Reliant. Yeah, you, you might this be right. you're supposed to watch it before we go. The one, <laughs> the one I thought you'd watch without any arm twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we 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 missed out one kind of vital bit at the beginning as well. Like one thing that's been used in in pop culture for fucking years, including in multiple episodes of Suits. Right, the thing, the the opening scene of this, right. The, the the thing that's been done to death and is is now you know so recognised in pop culture, Kobe Ashi Maru. Oh, we didn't talk about yes. we didn't talk about Kobe Kobe Ashi Maru, which is which is it, it's it's so quoted now in pop culture. You know, you, you don't have to be a Star Trek fan to know where Kobe Ashi Maru comes from. Um, Do you want to hear? Do you know what film referenced on. it the best? Go on, have a guess. It's a crime drama. I kind of like the way Suits used to re- reference it, but go, go on, remind me. Usual Suspects. Ah, yes, Mr. it did, yes. Mr. Kobayashi. Yes. yes. And then he looks at the mug at the bottom, and it's Kobayashi. Because <laughs> that's a Kobayashi mugs. Yes, we did miss out the Kobayashi Maru. Um, and you're yeah. right, yes. The bo- bo- Botany Bay, because when you get Chekhov realising Botany Bay... But, but the funny, the, what... the funny thing was, if if you know anything about Star Trek lore, he wasn't around for that episode. No, he wasn't. Absolutely true. But you know, we had to have it because he was the most dispensable character at the time. And you're right. The the ear were yeah yeah the ear sucks it yeah 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 Ooh, got it oh yeah 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 uh, yeah 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 I've got it now the, the, oh, yeah. the ear slugsing yeah yeah. Oh, you're right. It was on the bottom. I bay. love. You're I right. love the way Khan picks up Chekhov. There's like a handle on his spacesuit, especially for that scene where he just picks him up and goes. I can't remember what he says now, but he just picks him up and says, "Lego, you're not gonna fuck with me now, are you, little one?" <laughs> Puts him back down. Yeah. Like you're putting something um, up on a shelf. Here, here. Oh god. Oh god. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just for just just for you. Yeah. <laughs> um oh yeah there we go there we go oh 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 god that yeah 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 still haunts me <laughs> still haunts me still haunts me today it could be worse it could be a foot long and it could go up another orifice so yeah, no, you're right about that. And anyway, then, then, then okay. So, so you know, Chekhov and uh, and Captain What's His Face are are used as pawns to basically try and steal um, Genesis. Carol, Carol Marcus, yeah. being you know an independent woman, goes, "Oi, Jim, what are you doing? You can't steal my thing." She realizes that something doesn't doesn't make sense, and there's a conversation between them. And then, you haven't seen the Marvels yet. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> That's my um, argument. You haven't seen the Marvels yet. You don't know how bad it could be. Um, um, and then, <laughs> and then Kirk sort of goes right. You know, takes over the ship after Spot. After he goes down to Spot, feeling guilty, and Spot goes, "Look, I don't have any ego. You're fine. I, I actually, I think it was a mistake that you ever gave up command. Here, have the ship." 
Kirk's like, cheers, mate. Um, and takes over the ship because that's what's been bothering him. Gets back in the captain's chair, put a course, we're going to warp speed, head to, you know, regulus. And the way they go. And they come up on the other side of the planet, and then Reliant pops up. And they're like, oh, hello, Mr. Reliant. And then Reliant starts firing all their fucking phasers at him. No, uh, and... no, no, no. Yeah. That doesn't happen. What? It they does. They sit there, and it's like, hang on a moment. They're not responding to our hails. And then Sarek, or whatever her name is, Kirsty Alley's character, turns around and goes, you know the situation? You're supposed to put the shields up, don't you? It's like, go to the yellow alert. And it's like, no, 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 it's a friendly ship. No, 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 we go to the yellow alert. And it's like, no, no, captain's at captain i'm captain i'm i'm in charge yeah yeah and then goes and then all of a sudden then they get attacked and then mm. kirk is like fuck me you carry on quoting me the regulations because be honest with you if you quote regulations to superior officer that's technically a minor form of insubordination which you're not allowed to do bad form even for a fucking vulcan not knowing the rules um so yeah you got that and then um they attack the ship and then Kirk pulls what I love, which I love, was the prefix code to shut the shields down. Mm. And Khan's like, he's like, I know what he's done. I can't find the fucking button. And he does the thing, you know, when it's like you're on the computer and you're looking for the fucking... Where's the any key? <laughs> press, he says, press any key. Where is that any key? And you see him and it's great because Ricardo Montalban fucking sells that fantastically where he's like, kind of... Oh, it's brilliant. Shit, I know exactly what he's done. It, 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 that, that, again brilliantly you know a lot of people diss him but he was brilliant in this role i mean he he played it inside yeah it was slightly camped up it was slightly but it was he was he was brilliant and you know he phones up and he goes right you know i, I fucked up your ship i'm gonna kill you but i wanted you to know who it was right and it's done in such a calm manner oh, yes. almost a smiley way it's yet there is a sense of fucking evil behind it and you know this guy who you'd only ever seen as this lovable character in fancy island could play a bad guy to such a degree and get away with doing it it, it was a brilliant scene and then it was then you know and and then kirk sort of like talks about the prefix code and he's teaching the cadet about it and they input the cadet code and then boom you know they they fuck up the reliant and uh and and you know the, the sense of loss there, the fact that Khan thinks he's about to have his revenge is, you know, you see that whole, in that few seconds, you see the fact this guy's fixated on it for all this time and he's got it and he's got it in his grasp and then he loses it in that second. And you see that anguish, you see that, that, that hatred and that, that anger there. And it's brilliantly done, brilliantly acted. Um, and anyway, so they both basically decide, look, you know, neither ship can win. Let's, let's like, you know, so they get away. Um, Kirk heads off to the, the station. Reliant disappears around the other side of the, uh, of the thing. They they beam on the station, um, and they realize that that like some of the people are dead, but Carol's not there, David's not there, and more importantly, no Genesis. And at this point, Kirk sort of remembers the that, that there's a Genesis cave. Um, but before they beam down there, he has this amazing conversation with Spock. By the book, how long have oh, we yeah. got, right? And a lot, of, some people never realise this in the cinema because it then gets to that. Because one of my favourite Kirk scenes of all time is, is is coming up in this, and it's you know. So you get this conversation about it's going to take six days. The Enterprise is fucked. We can't beam you no, back no, up. No, no, he, he, he turns around and goes, "If we're going by the book, hours may seem like days, or something." Yes, I know. Yeah, he does. He, he says hours. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and and Kurt realizes it, but not the the audience do pick up on it. Some do, some don't. I, you know, when I was younger, I never picked up on it. I do pick up on it now, but um, when I watched the film first time, I was quite young, so I never really picked up on it, which made that scene with Kirk sweeter because you think they've been they've been down and no one else realizes it like the rest of the the doctors onto it but none of the others that you know are in on it and so they beam down to the genesis cave and you know they they find them and there's a fight david hits his dad and there's a bit of a fight and you know kurt fucking karate kurt chops him um and then he realizes it's his son and sort of like oh shit you know um and then there's a whole conversation about, um, you know, with, with, with Carol Marcus catching it up. And then, you know, they walk out and they see the Genesis came over. was like, ooh, ah. And then they talk about, like, Sarek goes around and goes, um, you know, asks Kirk, how, how did you beat the Kobayashi Miru? And uh, it's this bit where, where McCoy goes, you're looking at the only person ever to beat the, the Kobayashi Miru test. It's like, how do you do it? I reprogrammed it. And Sarah's like, that's cheating. He goes, no, it's uh, it's, it's creative thinking or something like that. I got, he goes, com- I got a commendation for creative thinking. Yeah, he, go, he goes, I don't like to lose. And it's that point that he picks no, up. No, I don't who, believe what? in a no-win situation. situation. Right, Kate, Kate, you should have yeah. watched it. And then he pulls out his, 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 his thing. He goes, Kurt Enterprise. And it's like, beam us up. It's like, fucking love that. Um, I, I, I love that scene. I, I love that that whole thing and then you know they beam up and then we get the battle in the nebula where they go to fucking you know pound did, for pounding it you did against... miss the bit where where where, where Chekhov and Turrell um go a little mental because the year slugs oh, and yeah. give the Genesis probe away to Khan. Yeah Khan gets the Genesis probe um but that that sets up like the third act which is this amazing sort of battle in the nebula which you know Star Trek Nemesis, which is fucking Wrath of Khan redone, right? The whole fucking Nemesis. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. We will, no, when we get no. to Nemesis in this review, I will show you and prove my point. No, um, no, no. Hang on. No, you're, you're you're hearing me, but you're not understanding me. No, it's not. You're going to understand we, we, now. You understand, don't you? We, no, it's we, not. We, we, how is no, it it's not? not. It can't, because it's nothing. It's not as good as the quality. It's fucking. Oh no, it's not as good. It. It's not as good. But they they tried to emulate that script. That that's what they were trying to. do. I'm not saying it was good. Um, Nemesis wasn't. But Nemesis tried to tell. It went down that 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 storyline. It was Wrath of Khan redone, um, and it wasn't particularly good. Um, but anyway, then we get this 15 minute like huge battle in the nebula, and it, it's one piece of music that continuously plays throughout that entire scene, written by James Horner. Fucking amazing piece of orchestrated music, and it's 15 and a half minutes ja- long. James Horner did the uh, soundtrack to Aliens. Yes, he did. Because um, because it's, 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 there's, a, there's a bit in there which is Bishop's Escape, which was, which was the, the gen- ironically, the genesis for Bishop's Escape, which was used in Aliens and then used in a ton of movie trailers afterwards from James Horner. So, yeah... I, it's so you they get to it and it's weird because if you look at the ship to ship combat for the first time they encounter a reliant it's more like um bat, old sail battleship sort of things yeah horatio hornblower mm. sort of bits yeah they pull up alongside each other both shit out of each other then when they get to the nebula it turns into submarine combat this is the balance of terror thing 
Yeah, but this, but you, 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 you hit upon something there when you mentioned the sort of like you know old maritime ships thing. That was something that Nicholas Meyer wanted to do. This was the first time that you got the the ship's horn, the ship's you know thing when yeah. when when Kirk is piped aboard. Right? There's a lot more lights. There's a lot more maritime influence throughout this movie, um, and and that's because you know he wanted to to have a more maritime feel that he thought that they're on a ship, you know, humans would take those like humans that are like tradition. They would take some of that tradition and add it to this kind of ship. And that, that's what he did. So the whole torpedo bay thing, you know, emanates, uh, like, emanates uh, uh, a, um, a torpedo bay on a, on a submarine, all of those kind of things were all taken from like na naval ideas and naval traditions. Um, so you're right. Um, and it was done on purpose, and it was particularly designed like that. The close quarters, you know, cannon firing, which is what they did, because you you have, like, the Reliant that rips up the fucking en Enterprise, and then Enterprise does exactly the same thing back um, when, it, when, it when it drops its shields. But, yes, it was all emanating maritime battles. You're absolutely right. The second scene, though, was or the second or the third act in the Nebula was a much more sort of submarine-y, style thing and you know not both ships like lacking in, in being at their best and hunting each other and then obviously you get the whole like reliant you know fucks up the enterprise to the point where if 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 you know they get a radiation leak and if somebody doesn't cap it um bye 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 the ship um and spock gallantly um but, but sacrifices no, no, himself no 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 I'm paraphrasing. No, no. no. So it's they, they need to get the warp drive on because the fucking Genesis probe's going to go off, and they need to escape the blast. Well, and the radiation leak, and and the fact that Spock's like kind of I'm looking at what Khan's doing, and he's kind of forgetting that we're in space. We can go up and down, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I, I am forgetting and, a lot for me. Um, and you're right, and it, the... you know, it, it is after the Enterprise fucks up the ride to the point that um, Khan decides to set off the Genesis project as one oh, last he... fuck you. Fucking when they get that, he gets him. <laughs> he, when he gets the Reliant, the Reliant gets such a pounding out of all the starships I've seen get attacked in anything Star Trek. Yeah, the Reliant gets the fucking worst pounding I have ever seen. It looks, the way they they, they thought it through, it's like kind of, you see it and it, it, it smashes across the, the top of the ship, takes out a torpedo launcher at the top, takes out the um the little kind of the goldfish bowl thing where you've got like the bridge and whatnot, and then takes out one of the engines. It's, it's like kind of, dude, that ship is fucked. <laughs> yeah, mm. and it's great because you see it and it's limping away and you're like kind of, he's lost it, man, because Kirk can, Kirk can probably fuck him up. And then like Khan's like, nope. Fuck you! I'm pressing the button. I'm gonna get you, yeah, because I know that I fucked you up well enough to so you can't escape either. And then the last thing he sees is the Enterprise just go. Phew. Fuck off. Yeah, but you're forgetting the bit where he because he 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 does that speech and I can't remember the speech. You know, he's lying there and he he's like lying. He's about to die. I mean, you can clearly he's fucked mm -hmm. up, right? And he's he's like lying on the console and he's talking to Kirk and he's going, I'll buy the blah blah blah. I will fight you, blah blah blah. Right? And then he goes and then he and then he sets off the Genesis thing and you get that bit where Kirk goes, Khan! <laughs> no, you missed that. That was back on the planet in the Genesis cave. No, the Khan bit is it on the bridge. The Genesis cave. Genesis cave, go back. Because it cuts because they're in the Genesis cave and then it cuts to space. 
Yeah, and you hear him shout through space, which is impossible. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. after he steals yeah, the Genesis yeah. probe and he says he's going to leave him buried there for all eternity. You're right. I missed my notes because that was in my notes. You're right, you're right. Uh, uh, but anyway. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm right. right. Yeah. Like, you, nerd point yeah. deducted from Keith. Yes, yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, yes, buried, buried alive. alive. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's all an act. You're right. Sorry. Um, I'm anyway. Spock sacrifices himself, saves the day. Then the you know right at the last second, Enterprise warps out, and you know a new no, Genesis no, you, planet you is born. Because there's there's a bit they cut out of the original. If you've seen the, the same thing where he goes down and talks to Scotty about the engine, he tries says to Scotty, goes, "Have you tried turning it off and on again?" You see, this is the thing. Yeah, I on. mean, Le Leonard Nimoy wasn't going to come back. And then he, he decided to come back because he was going to die. And then halfway through the movie, he kind of enjoyed playing Spock so much that the idea for Star Trek Three started getting, you know, put around. But but Nic uh, Nicholas Meyer, want, you know, wanted it to be definitive, wanted Spock's death to be definitive because it was such a powerful thing. But the studio saw a... A way they could bring Spot back, and that's why you get the Catra scene, um, and you get the missile or the photon torpedo lying on, um, you know, lying in Genesis right at the end of the movie. And then two years later, we got Search for Spot. Which technically so, a week after. Which, which I'm, I'm kind of, I'm actually looking forward to watching that again because Christopher Lloyd's Klingon is still fucking awesome. Hmm. <laughs> um. So I'm I am I am actually looking forward to that. Um but look, Rafa oh, yeah. Khan is I'm, an I'm icon. gonna write my notes down on paper next week too, because um yeah. And I will notes and watch it. I might even watch Search for Spot tomorrow just after I finish watching Rafa Khan, because I'm gonna finish Rafa Khan now. Um so that I can remember it. <laughs> um I haven't watched it for a long time, but it is still the best Star Trek movie. I mean, it's not downhill from here, but this was the pinnacle. Although we do have Undiscovered Country, and that was also Nicholas Meyer. And Undiscovered Country is a pretty fucking good film. Um, I, I, you know, it's still my second favorite. I still love Undiscovered Country. I, I, I the, think the, the Undiscovered Country is the one that feels most Star Trek out of all of yes. them. It feels so small. It, it's like the Rathcon's good, but if you ask me one for that was more. Star Trek, which in you know, encompassed everything about the Star Trek universe, it's more that, yeah. Because the other ones, like it's more personal, it's a more, more enclosed. You literally, it's, it's a nebula, a planet, and a space station. But the other True. one feels like it's this, you're in the Star Trek universe, and you get to see the Star Trek universe. Um, yeah, that's what I kind of. That's what that's my my big thing with that, the Undiscovered Country. But I I still I I, I agree with you, but I, I still rate. Ratha Khan above it because it's just oh yeah no Kirk no it's best well I like and, and you know the trouble is with Undiscovered Country they're all sort of about to retire but I still love under uh, um there's so many things in Undiscovered Country that is so good and you know the the, the way that it signs off I yeah. I I wish generations you didn't have that bit in generations you know, Kirk's yeah we're gonna have to talk about Kirk's death at some point and again. That uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's. Mm. Uh, I wish he'd have fallen down the thingy and Picard would have gone to see his body and it would have been gone. Mm. 
that's how you do it. It's like kind of, was he here? Because he came out the Nexus. You don't know how this fucking thing works, blah, blah, blah. He helped him and then disappeared and just disappeared. And it's like he was here and then he was gone. That would have been a better ending because we, we don't know if he's dead. He could have died. He could have returned yeah, we're to the Nexus. About... We don't know. That would have worked much better than, than having him we're... shitting himself at the bottom of Kevin, we're talking about that. Sorry, and I love like General Chang in 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 six, but Khan is still, I mean, he's still the most iconic Star Trek villain, and he wasn't a Klingon. I mean, I know everybody goes, oh, you know, Captain Kirk and the Klingons. No, it was Captain Kirk and Khan that were 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 the were the two, and 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 it's still just the the two of them together. Do do, do, do you know what? Talking about like. Khan stuff, and I said that my favourite thing was the bit with the prefix codes where he shuts the shields mm-hmm. down. Just realised that in the third one, I have a similar thing where the Klingons board the Enterprise, yeah, and it's like kind of, there's no one here, and it goes, it's just a computer. What's the computer saying? And he can hear the countdown. And because they don't speak English, they haven't got a fucking clue. But the captain's like, oh my god, it's a fucking countdown. I've heard that, yeah? It's the same the same vein sort of scene sort of thing, mm-hmm. but sorry, just, you know it's like when something just pops into your head? Um, and we will come back to that because it, that that is ne- ne- next week's episode because you know search for Spock was was pretty big for what they did there. Um, I believe the SPF for Star Trek Five were filmed in in Jane, my hometown. Uh, I believe you're right. Um, I will Google that for for Star Trek Five because that's going to be an interesting discussion because um, that was the one that Shatner um, directed as well. Um, but uh, no, look, I'm still, I still love Rafa Khan. The half an hour that I've watched um, before we came, I, I, you know, I was, I love this movie. Yeah, the earworm scene still fucking shits me up even now. As a child, that gave me fucking nightmares. I've never really been able to let that go. Um, that was the one scene that was like, so oh, it, it was. I, I remember watching it because I watched it on ITV the first time I saw it. Mm. So I, I didn't watch the cinema. I watched it I was small. Watched it on TV. Little fucking tiny tv and i remember getting all my legos and breaking up all my spaceships and making a lego reliant and a lego um enterprise and um having them fight and then blowing bits off of the reliant which made me smile ah <laughs> uh, those are the days but uh yeah star trek 2 the greatest the, the, the best of them but you know there's some it, I, close contenders i think it, do you know why it's the best would you like me to tell you why it's my best the one oh. our big thing with all our things that we watch when they do any adaptation of anything is they never respect the law but this really respected the law it went yeah. back and it pulled out another episode and pulled out some some other bits yeah um it's like kind of yes from ricardo montemont I, I i think on a second i wait a moment i think bifford made a similar yeah, yeah look, here you go bifford made a similar comma comment um, dude, at that age, if you've got it, fucking flaunt it. Seriously. It's well earned, yeah? It's not like some 20-year-old or some 30-year-old showing off. It's, he was, I think it was like 50 or something mm. at the time. If he's built like that, then do it. And it does it makes him look intimidating. It makes him look like kind of dude. If me and you, Kirk, had a fight, fist fight, you know, mono and mono, oh, you'd lose. So, yeah. Yes. Yep. But uh, yes, anyway, um, if you have never watched Rafa Khan, you should. Um, uh, if you've watched it, go and watch it again because it'll make you smile. 
um and you know it'll still be the best thing you watch this week um or uh and by by a long way i can guarantee you that um anyway um gee we should uh we should sign off i'll watch babylon 5 biff i will watch babylon 5 this week one way or another um and uh watched it friday I, it was fucking awesome yeah, we will we will have a Babylon Five and it's... Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock next week because there's nothing else on. Um, no. We're gonna go through we're gonna go through all the Star Trek films and then when we're done, we're gonna rate them and put them in order of what we what we think. Yeah, and on top of that, right? Hang on a second. And on top of that, we are gonna be rating the top ten totty from Star Trek. I'm committing Keith to this last one. When we get to the last, when we get to the JJ Abrams, um, no, beyond what was it? Star Trek beyond. We're going to be doing the top 10 totty from, from, from Star Trek. All of Star Trek, all of Star Trek, all of Star Trek TV shows. I, I will accept. I, um, I, I mean, mine, mine's Tilly. Tilly. Oh, fuck off. I really need to re-edit that scene. Anyway, I, I, there was something I did a while back, but I never got around to, Round to showing, but um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. <laughs>